Y'all know what this music means. It means that I have found an excuse to talk about one of my favorite things, which is a little show I got into last year called Undeadwood. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. We're going to have some spoilers tonight. But we're going to be talking about so much more than just Undeadwood. Very, very excited. Always excited for an excuse to use this music, so I'm going to jam out and enjoy it. While I do, let's talk about a little business. Welcome to today's episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly D&D, tabletop, gaming, nerd, whatever podcast where I chat with awesome creators in the community about the cool work they're doing. This show is brought to you every week by my friends at AwesomeDice.com. They're awesome. They make dice. If you want awesome dice, it's a great place to go. Make sure you use the code ROLLPERSUASION at checkout to save 10%. Got some really fantastic stuff so if you need some more stuff for your game go check them out i highly recommend them and i of course appreciate their support to help make this show happen and now without any further ado i always like to say that i'm excited for the guests i have on and it's true but i am extra excited for this guest because i think this is an interview that's been oh probably six months almost in the making so, Anjali, what's going on? Hello. I wasn't sure when I was allowed to talk. I was so you were building it up so <laughs> excitingly. I was like, oh, I should be quiet. I should just this I is could, this I could suspense. just keep going like three hours from now. Oh yeah, we should introduce her. We should probably actually do the interview. Yes, it's been like six months, at least six months in the making, right? I think so. Yeah. Because when did we? When did Undeadwood come out? It was October? No, 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 no. It was November. No, it was yeah, October. early November. Okay. So, so here is the timeline, and this is uh, Anjali Bamani, guys. Hi, guys. Very glad to have her on the show. Yeah, so the timeline uh, that you may or may not know is my show actually premiered on October 17th of last year. Oh, wow. And okay. then a couple weeks later, Undeadwood came out. Wow. I made the decision watching. I was like, I have a microphone. I should use this as an excuse to talk about this show. And I did, and somehow, I, I guess like you or other people on the cast heard the episodes that I did and, and that ended up with us DMing and here we are six months later we're going to talk about it and all the stuff you have going on so it's pretty cool. It's very cool and I understand you had you had Brian on right? Yeah so Brian Brian was on uh, early December of last year uh, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Got to talk with Ivan a little bit too. Um, one of these days I hear Kari is the busiest man in the world. Yeah I mean he's busy, crossed, taking he over, he's, he's busy taking over the planet. He, he really is. He's in some uh, some cool shit for sure. Mm-hmm. But very excited. You're busy too, but uh, so happy to have you here on the show for a little bit. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we finally worked it out. Um, uh, I guess I suppose quarantining has helped us in that way uh, because even though my schedule and your schedule haven't slowed down, at least I'm in one place. You know what? I, I have selfishly found that that has really helped uh, booking some guests that I've I've had to go back and forth with for a while because of schedule. It's kind of become like, hey, well, we're all at home. We might as well. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I you know, it's obviously there are uh, there are challenges and none of them are so great as the challenges of people who are either on the front lines course, or the people who course. are who are suffering from COVID-19. But um, one of the nice things about it is it has enabled me to sort of be in two places at once. And, you know, you can be taking a class online and you can be doing something else at the same time. Like it's it's. It's one of my many dreams of being able to be in more than one place at a time. 
and, and you're getting to live it just a little bit right now. Yes. And do it uh, in my pajamas if I have to, which is, you know, I am uh, I am actually dressed right now in full clothing. So it's not like I'm in shorts and stuff like that. But, you know, it's nice when you can just be relaxed and uh, be relaxed and be able to be a part of things. Absolutely. For sure. So indulge me if you don't mind. Do you hmm. remember how did you how did people on the show find out about my little podcast? Because I, I had several different people say, oh, yeah, we've been listening to it. How did that happen? For you my know, own I curiosity. Don't, I don't I I don't think we all talked about it per se, but I think we all probably individually saw it online. I can't speak for everybody else. Sure. I definitely saw it online. Um and listening to it was just it was such a it was such a beautiful love letter, not not just to the show, but to the world of Undeadwood. And so and that was what was so special because that's that's part of what is so so cool about about that show is that you know obviously undeadwood the the original show is phenomenal one of the finest pieces of tv making in history yeah and brian's love for that world obviously was a, a seminal part of making this show what it was so the fact that you were so in love with the world as much as he was and and we were that was very that was very appealing that it wasn't just about, Oh, look, it's cool. These people are playing this game. There was something that felt very immersive about your experience, which is what, you know, you're trying to do whenever you're sharing some kind of role playing experience with people, whether you are playing a role on television or you're playing a role in, in one of these RPGE shows. So, um, so yeah, that was, I, I remember, I remember it from reading about your, you know, reading your posts online. Well, that's pretty cool. And, and I'm, I'm glad that, it's not it's not often that a consumer or a viewer is able to put their feedback about something great out into the world and know that the people who made that great thing got to see how much they appreciated consuming it, you know? And and so for me it was sure. like it was like, man, I really did just fall in love and so many people did. I mean, it it's I think the second most popular thing Critical Role has ever done numbers wise, um, outside of their main campaign. Um, and so it was so great I mean, to, get, I to see it I fell in love resonate. with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, so I, I completely understand. Like it was, it was definitely, I've said this many, many times, one of the most rewarding acting experiences that I've had in the last like 10 years. Um, and I've done a lot of cool stuff in the last 10 years. So that's, that's, uh, that's saying something, but sure. there's just something so wonderful about being at the table with people like Matt and Marisha and Brian and Ivan and all of these people who are creating, who are so good at creating a world from nothing, right. you know, who, who are harnessing the power of both, you know, the same power that we depend on for the theater, where we depend on people's willing suspension of disbelief. We depend on people to fill in the blanks at, with their own imagination. Incredible GMs like Brian and Matt, uh, they 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 do that for us. And Ivan, they do that for us with just the tone of their voice and their evocative storytelling and narration. And and it's just it's it was such a glorious experience to be able to do that with them and and with friends. Sure, yeah. you know it's it's always it's always so rewarding to to come into something new, but it's even that much more when it's people you already know and love. Absolutely. Well, we will definitely dig into Undeadwood in detail um, a little bit later in the episode, but that is not the only thing you do, right? I mean, even just from a, a tabletop, you know, streamed RPG thing, 
Um, you do uh, We Are Live Frontier. You were recently mm-hmm. on Critical Role's uh, Doom One Shot, which was just <laughs> all sorts of fun. Um, what, Pure silliness. Oh, it was it was it was fantastic from the from the the costumes and makeup you guys did to your voices. It was it was just fun. Um, what so what else? I mean, you know, people probably know you from Overwatch or, or from other productions mm-hmm. you've been in. What all do you have going on, or, or can people check you out in? Um, well, there's a, a lot of things. Actually, the, the most timely thing is that uh, I have a movie coming out. I'm very excited about uh, called The Bellman. It's going to be on digital release only, unfortunately, because of the, the current climate. But uh, it's available for pre-order on iTunes right now. I think digital release is officially on May 8th, so very soon. And it's this super wacky comedy with an incredible cast of of comedians and, and performers. Um, we've got Adam Ray as, as our lead, we've got Helen Coleman, we've got Richard Kind and Tom Patrick, Thomas Patrick Lennon and Jonathan Kite. And I mean, like just, just an incredible cast of folks. Um, you can check it out online. You can check out the trailers. You can pre-order it. Like I said, on iTunes, I'm really excited that this one is coming out. It's just, it's just fun, fun, fun. Um, and, uh, and we shot that, uh, we shot that. It was all shot at a hotel. It takes place at a hotel. I'm not spoiling anything there because it's about the Bellman. So I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> right. um, but uh, it was just it, it was a really wonderful experience hanging with all those folks and just cracking up all day long while we shot. Um, so that is the most current thing coming out. And I think that's the only thing that, you know, that's the only thing that I'm allowed to talk about, <laughs> unfortunately, right now because sure. of NDAs and all of that. Um, I do have some new uh, characters coming out in the world that I can't tell you about, which I'm okay. excited about, too. Um, I think recently a couple of episodes of some Nickelodeon shows I did came out, uh, uh, an episode of the Casa Grandes and uh, an episode of The Loud House for, for folks who have kids and love animation. And those were super fun. Um, I still have a, a charity drive that I'm doing right now for COVID-19 relief, where if people donate to my fund, uh, I am writing songs for people because I'm actually, uh, originally I came from theater. Um, uh, started off in, in plays and musicals and on Broadway and off Broadway and, uh, and then eventually moved into TV and then, you know, came out here and started voice acting and all sorts, you know, like pretty much any branch of the tree of the acting tree. I'm, I'm excited to do it. So, uh, it's been fun to get back to singing for, for that purpose. Yeah. Um, for, for a good cause. What else? What else? Gosh, I know there are, uh, I'm, of course I should have thought of this before we started chatting, but I'm so excited about the Bellman that, that yeah, one coming sure. up. That's, we'll that's definitely the, check that uh, out. Yeah. yeah, that's the, that's the first priority in terms of sharing right now. Um, and then, you know, again, because of the current climate, so much is on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so much is on pause in terms of production. Uh, it's just waiting to see what things are going to continue and what we're going to continue shooting or what we're not going to continue shooting. So, um, so, uh, hopefully, hopefully I will have more things to share with you once we are, once we are out of quarantine. Yeah, well, we'll all, we'll all definitely keep our fingers crossed. I, I can't imagine for particularly for creatives who work. Um, you know, in kind of full scale productions like that, whether voice acting, you know, uh, on camera production, having that kind of suddenly on pause with kind of yeah. uncertainty about when is it going to pick up again? Well, I, I have to say I, the people that I worry about in, in the performers that I worry about the most in this business are, are my theater loves, my theater friends, right, because yeah. 
you know, that's, that's one thing you really can't get around. You really can't get around having people in the room. I mean, there are people who are doing uh, streamed performances of their Mm -hmm. shows and trying to do it that way. But ultimately I, I think about all my friends, you know, who are, who just opened a show on Broadway or just were about to open a show on Broadway and, and your heart just goes out to them because so much, so much is riding on those first few weeks and, and, uh, and they don't have that right now. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I'm trying my best to continue to put out the word to people about places like the Actors Fund and Broadway Cares because uh, I, I want to make sure that the people the most in need um, in our industry of, of assistance to keep their art flowing right, yeah, have the ability to do that because um, there are many people who didn't you know, I, I sort of diversified, I've diversified my acting career, partly because I just have like career ADD and I love doing a little bit of everything, but there are plenty of people who made the conscious decision to stay in one lane, to stay a stage actor or actress, or to stay doing one thing or the other. And so it's, it can be very scary when, when that lane you've chosen to be in is just suddenly gone. Um, so, uh, so I think it's really probably the hardest for them. Um, t- you know, TV will, will come back and obviously there's plenty of things. There are plenty of things that are already in the can and all of us are all, you know, binging our Netflix shows and everything. So people, consumers are still taking that in and voiceover is continuing because people can record from their homes yeah, if yeah. you have all of the equipment. So where there's a will, there's a way. And, um, it's just, uh, it's just, it just means that we're all having to adapt. Yeah. I mean, you, you're obviously absolutely correct about um, stage people as well. I, I've never done, obviously I've never done Broadway, but, uh, I grew up acting and, and did stage production all the way through college. And just thinking back to the amount of time and work and energy that goes into prepping for, mm-hmm. you know, opening day and, and, and then to suddenly have that be gone and, and unattainable is just, yeah. I mean, it's gut wrenching, right? I can't, I cannot imagine the heartbreak. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I mean, I have, uh, several friends of mine on, on a text thread from another show that we did, and all of my other friends were about to open shows or in the middle of runs at the time that all of this happened. Wow! Yeah. And I just felt so bad for you know, like beautiful shows, beautiful new plays with with extraordinary um, casts, and uh, it's just it's it's heartbreaking. Um, but uh, you know, the arts tend to persevere, and artists tend to persevere, and and I think also. Times like this are a time when great art is created. Exactly, Creativity flourishes sometimes under the most uncomfortable or unexpected conditions. Yeah. The key, I think the key is, and I'm actually, this is actually something I'm sort of talking this through as I, as I uh, uh, talk to you right now. But I think one of, one of my personal biggest challenges is the difference between being busy and being productive. Mm-hmm. And even taking that a step further and understanding that being productive all the time is not great either. Sometimes you really need things. You need your quiet. You need solitude. You need um, space in your brain to be able to create, to be able to write, to be able to, to, to innovate. And I think one of the things that has happened during quarantine that is a the sort of slippery slope is that sense of, okay, well, now that I'm home and I have so much free time, I'm a, I need to read 10 books and I need to work out four hours a day and I need to cure cancer. And right, I need to do yeah. all of these things. And I need to do it all by Tuesday. Yeah. And 
right now, part of, I think what is important for everybody to be able to do is to sit in what is, what do they genuinely need? Not what does the internet tell you you need not what does Instagram tell you you need, not what does hashtag whatever challenge tell you you need, but what you really need during this time. If it's as simple as I need to take care of myself and put food on the table for my family and and not go crazy because I have to take care of my kids 24 hours a day when I used to be able to send them to school, whatever it is, that is that is viable and vital and important. And um, for creatives, the quiet time without the pressure to create, I think is vital. Because yeah. I know for me, I do not, my imagination doesn't work well under pressure. I do. But when it comes to creating something, I need, I need to be able to sit, in, like really sit in it. It's one of the reasons why I love, again, going back to the RPGE world, is that being able to improvise during the time that you spend at the table is so much easier than necessarily jumping into five minutes of shooting here and 10 minutes of shooting there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what I might do on a, on a TV set, because, because you're in the world, you're immersed, you're there at the table. And even though you're going in and out, it's long form improv. So all of those scenes that, that, that we get to create with each other come from an investment in that sitting in the moment. Right. Yeah. And I think investing, I think it's a good lesson for life to invest in sitting in the moment, to invest in not checking every notification on your phone and invest in where you are and, and not in a, um, not in a sort of like pithy, be present manifestation, all that, you know, whatever yeah. catchphrases you want to call it, but genuinely being where you are and uh and not doing it because you think you have to or should do or whatever but just like just being in the place you are whether that place is enjoyable or painful or exciting or boring um i think that i, I think i think a lot of creative ideas come out of people being willing to sit with their boredom yeah until something comes yeah. up having that willingness to to intentionally make space for yourself to be exactly right? and make space in your brain and keep space in your yeah. brain because the world right now is all about input, 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 output, input, output. Like there's, there's constantly someone pinging you or messaging you or notifications or 24 hour news cycle or 24 different TV shows I have to watch and lists of the 10 things to do to be a better this or that. And it's a, it's a constant barrage of input. And I, I don't operate well that way. <laughs> yeah, I personally yeah. don't. Um, I'm too um, I'm too goal driven and achievement driven to not be affected by that. Sure. So it, it really does have to be a conscious choice. And I'm sorry, I've gotten so off topic. That's um, what this show is um, all about. So you just keep going. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, but it's it's just uh, I I really have to make a conscious effort to in my daily life and in my life in general to hold space and make space and take space all three of those things in fact that's a that's an upcoming i am fun size episode oh i didn't talk about that it's another thing that i'm working on is i have a, a web series called i am fun size which is just kind of like a 
don't know what really to call it. People send in questions and I answer them, yeah. but they're more about life questions. And it's not advice. It's just opinions and talking about my experiences because who am I to give you advice? But well, um, we're, we're all unique. and We all have unique perspectives and experiences. And, and I think yeah. when we talk and communicate it, you know, I hear your perspective that helps kind of shape and, and curb mine. And, and the same happens back mm-hmm. to you. And, and we all kind of learn together. Exactly. And sometimes it takes hearing something from a total stranger rather than hearing it from your mom or your partner or your best friend. Sometimes it takes hearing it from a total stranger on the internet to be like, Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And so I'm hoping that that can, can help people, you know, offering up some tools. And then if it doesn't work for them, no big deal. Yeah. Right. You know, if you watch it and you're like, that doesn't work for me. Cool. Um, but, uh, it also helps me work through my own things yeah, yeah, because sure. when I start talking, it's just like when you're giving advice or not advice, but when you're helping a friend through something and you start talking to them and, and, and supporting them and hashing out ideas of what they can do. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, why don't I do that in my life? And you start talking to yourself. I should to pay some attention. Degree, right? yeah, yeah. I should pay attention to my own yeah, advice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so yeah, this is, this is a hell of a time for creating space because I think there's a perception that we suddenly have so much time. And I spent the first three weeks of quarantine feeling like I was overwhelmed and had less time than ever because I suddenly put this pressure on myself to do a million things more. And and it's easy. And I think it's been easy to focus on the quote unquote time we have right now mm-hmm. that we maybe didn't have before and forget that the world is a much more stressful and anxiety inducing yeah. place than it was a month ago. And, and yeah. so when we start, and things take more time. Yeah. Things take more things, time. Things take more time to do. And, and we've just Leaving got that weight too that, that makes the, mm-hmm. that we don't, if we don't pay attention to it, just kind of weighs down on us. And, and I think you're right. The people yeah. have been focusing on, well, what can I get done? What time do I have? It's like, man, you know what? There's some crazy shit going on right now. Just yeah. sit and make space to like, like we were talking about, make space to, to deal with that or just be aware mm-hmm. of it. Um, and that's and important. And be okay and being okay feeling like crap about it. Absolutely. Because I feel like there were a lot of people who jumped immediately to, I'm going to be inspirational. And they jumped immediately to that without, like, I, I'm always, despite the fact that I do my absolute best to be a, a, a force of, of positivity and, and joy in the world, I'm very suspicious of people who jump to that before processing something. Right. Um. I took at least a week and a half of what the hell is going on before I posted anything about anything really um, during that time, because I knew I wouldn't feel genuine about what I was sharing if I wasn't processing what I was going through as well, because I know everybody else is going through the same thing. And people know when you're not being genuine, people know when you're just being Pollyanna positive. Right. And, um, and I, I am not that person for all my quote unquote positivity. The reason that I have worked so hard to to be that in the world is because I too have gone to very dark places in my life and in my head and in my heart. And life is hard. Life is innately hard. There are challenges, uh, like there are always ups and downs. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I really encourage people right now not to force themselves to feel anything. Exactly. Yeah. All, all of your feelings, whether negative, positive are, are valid and deserve mm-hmm. 
space and deserve, you know, mm -hmm. time, time for consideration. And like you said, when you, yeah. you force them away, so you only focus on positivity or, or, you know, being yeah. bubbly, that's, that's not dealing, you know, they don't go away. Right. Right. And, and also they, they take away from your experience of being a human being. Exactly. It was only a, a few years ago. And I can really credit this largely to, um, a dear friend of mine who, who has been a mentor to me, but also has just become one of my dearest friends and her name's, um, Cat Stone. And the, the, the idea that any feelings are good or bad in and of themselves is really not a useful thing to an actor or to any kind of an yeah, artist yeah. because you got to feel the full spectrum of things. You know, look at, look at Undeadwood. I mean, there's some tragic dark moments in there and they are so rewarding as painful as they are, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not, I really, I kind of don't want to spoil things for people. So I'm going to try my best to talk around things. But, but even the ending could not have been more perfect. And yet when we shut off the cameras, I, I had to throw my head down on the table and just like bang my head against the table. Like I couldn't believe that that was, that was what had just happened. And that sure. emotion, what came out of it was so right but painful. And if you don't embrace that in your human experience, and I'm not saying that it feels good, and I'm not saying we should run around and seek tragedy, but it's part of being alive. If you, if you, if you cut off the part of you that hurts, it's like cutting off a limb. There's no, there's no reason. If you cut off the part of you that feels sadness, that feels sympathy that feels tragedy it's it's just um it's cutting off in a very important part of who you are and uh I, I think learning that your feelings are not in control that for me has been a, a really valuable life lesson that i i can survive my feelings but you can only do that if you don't tamp them down all the time yeah, letting letting them teach you and direct you, draw your attention to something about yourself, something about the mm -hmm. world, and learn something from them um, is a really important lesson. That's why one of the many reasons why we create art, right, is to help people feel things that they can't necessarily feel. I've, I've said this before and actually wrote a piece about this that I think it's still on my website, um, which is uh, about why I do this. And for years, I kind of couldn't really... Like I would say the reasons that I thought I did it, but it never felt particularly spot on. And mm -hmm. then a few years ago, I realized, oh, this is why I do this. I do this because I am a person who feels very, very deeply and is comfortable feeling very deeply. And I know that this, you know, this, this vessel, this, this shell that I'm in is not going to be shattered by my feelings. So I have the unique ability and therefore the unique responsibility to help other people have experiences and emotional experiences that they might not be able to have in their day-to-day -day lives. You know, maybe, maybe it's through a play that they come and see and I, and we go on a journey together or a TV show or an RPG or whatever. But I feel like it's, it's given, it, it's sort of been become my calling to be able to say to people, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. We are going to go on this journey together. You're not going to have to experience it, but you're going to have all of the ups and downs. Like emotionally, you're going to be able to go on this ride with me. 
And at the end of this ride, your life is completely intact. You are safe. You are fine. But you will have experienced this thing through me that you don't necessarily get to experience in your real life. And that goes back to like the ancient Greeks talking about catharsis. You know, that's, right, that's yeah. something we all need. We, we all have had the experience of going through a breakup and, and every song you're like, oh, my God, that song speaks directly to me. And it helps you through the breakup, even though it hurts. You know, that um, I feel like that is suddenly I really get why I love doing this so much. That's a really beautiful kind of mindset and approach to have. Yeah. Well, it certainly makes it more. um, (laughs) It makes it feel a lot less selfish and self-centered because I'm not in it for, you know, there there are all of these lovely trappings of success that can come. But if you're in it just for that, you're never going to be happy. Because every actor has downtime. Or I'm, I'm, maybe there's someone who doesn't, but every actor has, has moments where they're not working. Some, some people have 10-year moments where they're not working. So if you don't have some kind of a, a real genuine uh, reason in your heart that you do it, uh, it can be very hard to make it through those times. And for me, it's that. It's that thing. It's not... You know, I love that people know me from Overwatch and I love that people know me from bigger projects that I've done, but there's so much joy when someone comes to me and pulls out some obscure play that they saw me in and said, oh my God, that touched me so much when I saw it. Or some tiny little show that somehow connected with them for for some completely different reason, because those matter as much too when you're coming at it from this place of, ooh, I want people to experience this. Ooh, this is going to be fun to take people on this ride, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a lovely discovery that 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 that's my um, I don't want to say my calling, but that you know, it, when when your mission as a human being and your career come together, it's it's magic yeah. when you finally get to that place. And like I said, I feel like I've only really understood it in the last few years. So it's been. Uh, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> and now I can look back at all my choices previously and be like, that's why you, that's right, why right. the universe put you there. That's why you, you had to you be in that thing. perspective on things that yeah. have already happened and then gives you yeah. direction going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why you didn't do that. And that's why you failed at that. And that's why blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look back on the perspective of all of that too. Well, you talked earlier about uh, kind of having career ADD. Um, and one of the things you mentioned was RPGs. So, so when mm-hmm. did you, I mean, have you always enjoyed playing games like that? When did you get into doing those, you know, on screen? So, um, well, before I did them on screen, we have to go all the way back to Anjali at age eight, when her awesome older brother got her the basic Dungeons and Dragons set for Christmas. And I wanted to be my brother. My brother is awesome. My brother is the perfect brother. He's the coolest guy. I love him so much. He's just freaking fantastic. He's brilliant. He's funny. He's handsome. He's like, he's everything. And when I was growing up, I just, I wanted to be him with long hair. I wanted to do anything he did. So he got me that D&D set and I devoured it. And then I, you know, started going through his AD&D set. And the next thing you know, I'm playing. And um, I still remember, you know, all the guys from my little D&D group that we pretty much played through high school. And then obviously college happens and everybody splits off heart and and goes off and does their own thing. But around that time, 
I also started playing uh, RPGs on the computer. So I was doing the the uh, Tales of the Sword Coast and yeah, Baldur's yeah. Gate and Neverwinter Nights and all of that stuff. I was doing, I was playing those games. And that continued for a nice long time. And then I sort of, I'm trying to think, I probably weaned myself off of gaming when I was in the middle of my second Broadway show. I think it was probably that one. Um, be, no, actually, it was probably the middle of the, the, the first one because I, I, that was just, I, I would spend all my free time doing that. And I was like, we should, maybe, maybe you should try doing some other things <laughs> right now. This is right, yeah. probably like, everybody else is talking about all the cool things they're doing in New York right now. And you're running home to play games in between in between shows you should probably like let's let's reconsider this life choice um but the the my heart has always been there and especially in adventure games um especially role-playing games uh i am terrible at first person shooter so that's kind of when i lost interest in video games for a while uh, i just don't have the hand-eye coordination at them sorry overwatch i'm really bad at overwatch <laughs> everyone who asks me i tell them i'm really bad at overwatch um but uh so when um, the way that that I happily was able to come back into all of this was Marisha actually told me, hey, my friend Ivan is putting together this RPG show called, and, uh, you know, can I connect you with him? Because I think you'd be awesome on it. And I, I could not have been more excited because the concept of combining a show with a role playing game to me, it's like the great it, it's the it. it it's it's the chocolate cake with chocolate yeah, yeah. sauce and and like it's everything that I would want and uh, and that's how I met Ivan and and the rest was magic you know he brought me in to to do like a little trial run um, and I met Xander Genre there met Vince Casso and then met the whole gang Alquin and everybody and and um, it, it, I I. It was just like a whole world opened up to me, the concept that this existed, that this form of entertainment existed and that people might actually want to watch it because I would do it for, you know, I would do it yeah, for just yeah. us, but that people might want to watch it meant so much. And coming into that space, I didn't quite put, I didn't realize this until I actually didn't realize this until after we finished shooting Undeadwood and I said it out loud and we were all just kind of like debriefing and recuperating from that, from that finale. And I said, I just realized I take my fun really seriously, just mm -hmm. like everything else I do. I take it really seriously. I have a, an incredible time, but if you're not committed to doing the thing that we're doing in order to whatever it is, if you're not committed to this world, then I'm not interested. And when you're doing this as a show, everybody's really committed. Nobody's just there to screw around. Everybody's committed to creating the world right. together. And I had never played on a campaign where everyone was that committed to creating the world. So that to me just, I mean, all of a sudden uh, on a scale of one to 10, the enjoyment factor was like a 322. Like <laughs> I, I, my mind was blown. Yeah. And then to be able to do it with people who are not just great gamers and, and not just great narrators, but, but great performers. I, it's just, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches. I, I think you're right. Um, obviously, but I, I think you're right when you talk about how the marriage of live performance, improv and a role-playing game, um, is just a, a beautiful and, and a desirable thing for me, for, for me as a, you know, as a 
at this point in my life, a frustrated performer, somebody who's doing a podcast. So I have some place to, to creatively output to the public. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I'm going to be honest. That's like half the reason I started the show. I was like, how can I get myself out into this community and potentially be able to, to do what I see these people doing someday? Not because I want to be on critical role, but because having exactly what you're describing, people who are buying in, not just to build the world together at a table, but to share that with people around you, that is like, that's, that's the dream. I can't think of anything better than that. Absolutely. And, and, and just to take a, a quick segue, make a quick segue, what you're doing is what all of us who are quote unquote successful have had to do. Sure. Is put yourself in. <laughs> I want to make me my own coach. game. Yeah. Okay. There's no coach. You're the one. So you've been like, you've been like, I'm putting, I'm going to put myself in. I'm going to put myself in front of these people. I am going to, I, 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 okay. So like, and it's the, and it's the same as, well, this has been going on since the dawn of time for actors, for example, who would do theater in order to be seen, to be able to do TV mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, I, okay. Someone will do a one man show to be seen by agents or whatever. You put yourself in front, you yeah. put yourself out there. So what you're doing with this is absolutely that it's, it's, it's the way to go. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's speaking of segues, uh, let's make one right now. Okay. Um, and, and I know that you, you said that you didn't want to spoil Undeadwood for people who haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. And okay. So, <laughs> okay. So everyone, this is your moment. This if is your you moment. This is the, the full warning. Stop, stop here. Maybe what we can do, can we, can we do this where we tell people like there's a, there's a spoiler zone in the podcast and we can give them timestamps when you put this out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, put that? That, I'll put that on the show notes and I'll put okay, it uh, in. My, I am my tweet. so sensitive to spoilers. Like I, oh, well, I am, sure. I am so sensitive to spoilers in the world and I understand this has been out for a long time. So, you know, people should, you know, like get over it, but I still, I just don't want to spoil anything for people. Yeah, and, and, and I will say during our extended spoiler warning that if you have not watched, don't go, Oh, I'll just listen, watch it. Like, seriously, I'm telling you, no, this no, is no, one no, of yeah, the greatest things it. I've ever seen. Please don't go watch it. on Deadwood. It's too, uh, it's too, the, the, the things that may get spoiled are too, um satisfying moment yeah they're too satisfying to have to go in knowing in advance um i would hate for you to not have the experience of experiencing that for the first time so consider this the triple quadruple (laughs) we're gonna take a whole minute now now if you screw it up it's not our fault Uh, it's it's on you it's on you (laughs) and so and you know what i'll even give you extra time because i am gonna jump in and and share something about one of my sponsors real quick because we're gonna have some questions that they sponsor in this segment and you guys know them and love them. That is Talon and Claw, uh, makers of awesome handmade wooden dice accessories for your game. DM screens, beautiful, beautiful DM screens. Um, and very exciting because coming up oh, maybe a week after this episode releases, they are doing a Kickstarter for some new dice vaults made out of whiskey barrels. And oh, these wow. things, oh, these things are, <laughs> these, these things are awesome. Um, I've seen some pictures. I'm going to be getting one. They're made from, uh, you know, they're taking old, Whiskey barrels that have been, uh, you know, aging bourbon and brandy and whatnot, and they're they're trimming that wood down. So when you get this vault, not only does it smell amazing, but it's just got that rustic old west look. It's got the the brands and the stamps from uh, whoever the brewers were um, or the distillers, I should say, and they're just fantastic. So keep an eye on their social media for when that goes live. Uh, shop their stuff, talonandclaw.etsy.com. You can use the code Roll Persuasion, save ten percent. The show gets a kickback to support the show which is really great. And Anthony um, and his family there who are making all this awesome stuff, they obviously appreciate it as well. And you'll have cool stuff for your games. 
And you should just shop there because their name is cool. It Talon is cool. and Claw is a cool name. Yeah, I think I think it's because one of them's a Ravenclaw and the other's a Hufflepuff, and so they, oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a full nerd love thing. Quite, I love it. I'm actually looking it up right now. Yeah, they they did want me to tell you that should you want it, they have a because we're talking undead one. It's very on key for uh for Undeadwood. They have a whiskey barrel dice vault for you if you would <gasps> like one as a thank you for being Ooh. on the show. So we will gladly hook you up with one of those uh, so you can check that out should you like one. Um, the answer is yes. Next. <laughs> <laughs> two, please. Can I get two? Uh, but yeah, Talon and Claw is awesome. Well, that's cool. I'm sure they'll be excited uh, to share that with you. And this has been the official multi-minute spo- spo- spoiler alert sponsored by Talon and Claw. Yes. Spoilers sponsored by Talon and Claw. Spoiler alert. So, Let's let's get into it. And I, and I have a couple of questions we'll get to um, from my Patreon backers. I also uh, I was turned on to this little place called the uh, Undeadwood Discord by Brian when he came on the show, which is a group of Undeadwood fanatics who to this day, literally, if I open up the Discord right now, they are still talking about Undeadwood. Um, these really? oh, these people Well, blame Brian. He should have told you. Um I, you know what? He probably did, and I probably <laughs> forgot because I have the brain of a, like, I have the memory of a 94 year old right now. Um, I can remember my high school locker combination, but I can't remember what I had for right, breakfast. It's right. embarrassing. Well, we have some questions from them. I have some questions. Um, first, and, and I'll just ask the question, let you go. What, how did Undead would come to be? How were you approached? And what was it like producing, like, putting that show into the world? Uh, well, my involvement of it, uh, came to be through Ivan. Uh, Ivan told me about it and he, uh, you know, he, uh, anything Ivan asks me to do after we're alive frontier, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yes. I want to play. If it means playing with you. Yes, 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 yes. And then he told me it's going to be with the critical role folks, all of whom I love. Um, and, uh, and Brian at the helm. And I was like, okay, this is, this could not be cooler. Um, the only fear I had was that I'd never played with the game system that we were with. And so, and also I was nervous because these are some very, uh, experienced, obviously, uh, uh, role-playing game people, um, very experienced gamers. And so there, there was a little bit of a nervousness factor, but just because I had that nervousness factor, I knew, Oh, this is going to be good because I, I, I have a reasonable amount of comfort with most of the, most of the avenues that I perform in because of I've had enough experience, you know, I'm comfortable on Mm -hmm. stage. I'm comfortable on television. I'm comfortable singing and dancing, whatever. But whenever something comes up or I'm like, Oh my God, everybody else is so good. I'm so nervous. Or I don't know if I'm going to be able to like that. Then I know I have to do it because it's going to be exciting and crazy. It's going to feel like a roller coaster. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I super, super, super was excited. And I also knew, you know, Matt and Marisha and Travis and the whole gang is not going to let me fall. They're just too, they're just too amazing. Um, so that was basically like kind of all I knew. And then, uh, and then we had a little bit of an information session, building our characters and such where we came together and did that. Um, but Ivan and I, and, and Brian and I talked ahead of time a little bit about, what we wanted, what role we wanted my character to play. And, um, and as Ivan explained to me what the game was, I was like, Oh, I I know exactly who I want this woman to be. Um, and, uh, cause I knew full well, there are not a whole lot of, not that I wanted to stick to 
traditional gender roles or historical gender roles, but there are not a whole lot of options in the world of Undeadwood that, uh, not a lot of whole options for the women in that world at that time. And so I knew I wanted to play someone who had found her power in that time yeah. by using precisely the things that were normally used to keep women down. And, uh, and I also have a tendency, especially with, you know, my character in Real Life Frontier as well. I really like to play someone that I wish I would be in that world. Um, someone that somehow I aspire to be and that maybe I don't necessarily get to be in my, my normal life. Um, and that's how I, you know, that's how Miriam came into my head. And then I actually stole her last name from another friend that I was doing another role-playing game stream from because um, his <laughs> last name is Landisman. So I was like, I'm just going to steal your last name. So there you go. That's a cool name. Miriam yeah. Landisman. Um, and Miriam is a, is a, I, have a, I have two dear friends, performer friends who are named Miriam. So it just kind of came from people that inspired me. And, and she was definitely such like a great and resonant character. And that's actually questions both from uh, Tabby, uh, who's one of my Patreon supporters and someone on the, the Undeadwood uh, Discord. And my other supporter, Sarah, I'll actually read you what Sarah wrote. Um, she wanted to know if you could describe the process, and you did just a bit, of making and becoming a character like Miriam. She was so wonderfully complex and a lovely balance of the fierce but also extremely compassionate woman. Did you have an inspiration for her, or was it something that just came to you for the one shot? Um, yeah, probably several inspirations for her. You know, I mean, I, I, I did watch not all of Undeadwood before this, but I watched some of it, obviously, for, to, to be able to know what the world was. And there were, there, you know, even the, the female characters on that show, they are all very complex and have different aspects of themselves that, that are, are strong and weak and, and vulnerable and powerful. And so th there was a little bit of that, but I think, I don't think if there was anyone specifically, really, it's mostly, you know, just like I said, it's who would I want to be in this world and who do I feel, whose shoes do I feel comfortable stepping into? Not an existing person, but like, what do I feel like is an experience I know? Okay, I know loss. I've experienced loss in my life. I've experienced mm -hmm. the death of loved ones. I've experienced, um, I've experienced great love in my life. So, you know, I wanted all of these things to be a part of it. And then I definitely wanted her to have uh, a, a darker side. You know, I definitely wanted there to be something because no, uh, no one's interested in a superhero that's perfect. No one's interested in a person that's perfect. Yeah. And we all, all of us are, are complex. And, and sometimes uh, the things that we are bad at or the things that we, uh, the, the things that we consider our weaknesses are actually more defining than the, necessarily the things that we're good at. Not in, not in a sense of like, oh, I'm a big loser because my weakness defines me more than my success. But on the, on the contrary, how we handle those things in real life, how we handle the things we're not good at, um, that is, uh, I think that's a really intriguing part of what makes characters exciting for people to watch. Um, are you hearing music in the background, by the way? Only a little bit. Okay, good. My my husband is uh is uh mixing some music for his band right now, so it's oh, actually awesome. very appropriate music, <laughs> uh, which I'm laughing at the song that he has on there. You know, I'm like, oh well, it's actually kind of works for this. This is yeah, fantastic. Thematic. That's awesome. I know. Everybody, check out Vintage Trouble. They're an incredible band, and I don't just say that because I'm married to one of them. 
It's an incredible band. They've toured with the Who and the Stones and all sorts of people, and you got to check them out. Okay, that was oh. my that was my sponsor. <laughs> there, I had, to, go, I had yeah. to put that in there. Our official spoiler um, sponsor, my, uh, your husband. Yeah, band. there you go. There you go. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I, I it was very much who do I want to be in this world? Yeah. Who do I feel comfortable being in this world? And um, especially when we all got together, I mean, not all of we weren't all there. But when we got together and, and um, created the characters, were we all there? I can't remember if we all made it there. I can't remember if Kari made Kari, I think Kari came in at the last minute because he was flying in. And uh, what little I knew about the characters, because we all were not sharing information very much, yeah. it just seemed right. But the, the, the idea for Miriam to be a um, purveyor of goods sold as we, as we, uh, as we made her, Mm-hmm. For her to be the person um, that uh, that sold the goods that she meant that, that that she sold was definitely an idea that I had that I told yeah. I told Ivan over the phone. I was like, oh yeah, this 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 gal is going to be the one that the reason that she is safe and the reason that people respect her is because she got what you want and it isn't sex, mm-hmm. it's something else. Yeah, and because during during that time for women, so much and that's why the the. The Bella Union and the and the Gem Saloon and all of that. That's why uh, so many of them had to turn to being sex workers to be able to survive. Right. Well, I wanted there to be more. I wanted there to be something. I wanted her to be um, sexy, but not dependent on that, and to be able to use her feminine wiles as as a as a powerful position, not as something that she had to sell. And, and I think that's part of what was so powerful about the show in general was that there was clearly so much depth to each of the characters that mm-hmm. we really felt like we only got to scratch the surface, right? And, Absolutely. And it's what left, you know, us as viewers like so like longing for more because even though the story kind of concluded, I'm there was so for much, more. right? Oh, so much. And especially the fact that, you know, we there's one story we may never get to follow yeah. up on. It yeah. is, just gets so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. So so heartbreaking. Um. But yeah. It it at, as we got to know each other's characters in the game, I realized more and more. Oh, this is this could not be a per- more perfect group of people. Group of people to send on this mission. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. Speaking of of Miriam being the uh the procurer or or seller of goods, um, mm-hmm. Eld and on procurer the, of goods. Yeah. Eld on the Undeadwood Discord wants to know where on earth did Miriam get nitro. <laughs> I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. That's we'll the have best answer. Yeah, no, I'm not telling you that okay, answer. Okay, I'm okay. not telling you that answer. Keep fingers crossed for an eventual uh, follow up, and we'll, we'll add that I in. know. Yeah. I mean, this is also look. This is also the hard part about any character that one creates. Uh, uh, whether whether I'm doing theater or I'm I'm doing TV, when I write the backstory or work on the backstory for a character mm-hmm. and actually really give them depth, is that the chances are no one's ever gonna actually right, get a chance yeah. to know those things no matter how cool they are unless you get to like season eight of a tv show and the writers are putting that out there with you um so i can only hope and pray that we we get to uh, continue developing this story somehow and uh and we can find out uh and i can and, and then we can find out how she managed to get her nitro boobs <laughs> was it you had to uh what did brian say there's a you could There's roll for nitro boob stability yes, or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
man. So, so you guys shot that in a pretty, a pretty tight window, right? It was just a couple of days. Two if days. I recall. Two yeah. days. Yeah. What was, what was yeah. that like? I mean, so it was much incredible. emotion it, well, packed it was ex- in. It was exactly what I, what I, what I told you about is that when you're, when you're playing for that much time and we did the same thing with We're Alive Frontier because for We're Alive Frontier, I think we had 10 episodes our first season and we shot them over four days. So you're playing for like 12 hours a day yeah. with obviously like a lunch break and bathroom breaks. But that, that long form improv being immersed in the world for that long a period of time makes the, the living in the character much easier. You know, on a television yeah. set, uh, it's it's so hard to stay immersed because, you know, you might be sitting in your trailer waiting for hours and hours and hours. And then all of a sudden it's time to shoot. And they're like, we're going to shoot the scene where you have your nervous breakdown. That's what we're going directly to. And as soon as the camera goes, you got to be there. And it's a it's a it's a very different set of skills. Whereas this you have, you're in the story. You have all yeah. the build up to every moment. Everything is organic and you are, we are all invested in the rolling of the dice and in what happens and, and, and whether we succeed or fail, we're invested in the game part of it, you know? Yeah. So, um, I love it. I love, love, love it. I love the endurance it takes. I love the, um, I love the fact that it's unknown. um, uh, I learned on We're Alive Frontier that I just, you know, you got to eat your Wheaties and get a good night's sleep. Um, but it does, it does mess you up a little bit, at least for me. Uh, I yeah. can, I can totally see how, um, how some of our greatest actors have been unfortunately messed up from some of the roles that they've played and, right. and some of them yeah. even, uh, even lost before, before their time, sure. you know, um, because I can see how people would fall into that if they were doing that day after day after day after day. But, um, yeah, I, I love that. Like that stuff is, that's the sauce for me. I just put me in for 12 hours and let me be with these people I love in this incredible setting. Also, when you have a game master like Brian, who is, I mean, I can't even, I, I, I can't even with him and, and obviously Matt too, but I've only actually gotten to play with Matt as a game master on the Doom one shot. So to, to, to walk into this situation with Ivan and Brian steering the ship, I'm like, this is a, a, this is as much of a ride for me as it is for the audience. I'm loving being on this ride. I can't wait to find out where they're going to send us. And, and special props to Brian too, because that was his first time oh running a game. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I, on, I, I, on, that on doesn't screen. make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. He was so incredible. He was so evocative and clear and and his his portrayal of all the characters from uh, from <laughs> Denver was yeah. so spot on and you know it was such a joyous table um uh without being goofy like we were we would we were goofy but without without losing any of the commitment to the darkness of the story and the and the importance of the story we could have fun as well and so um yeah i i, I just I love that kind of marathon that that's, that's really yeah. the sauce for me. Yeah. And you guys had such an immersive setting too. Uh, Brian was mm. kind enough to give me a tour of the, um, the studio a couple weeks after he, he oh, and I did wow. our episode. So I got yeah. to see the, uh, the thoroughfare minis up close oh God, and right? the table. Um, and yeah, and I, uh, Ian Phillips who, who painted all those has been on the show before as a friend of mine. Um, and so getting to see his work was cool, but getting to imagine 
being at the table and just having each of those elements uh, bringing you yeah. into it, like you were saying, that sauce kind of just mixing it up. Oh um, God, it, the perfect so, it was storm, so right? Yeah, I mean, I did drink enough coffee to kill a small lab rat in those two <laughs> days, but um, but I'm kind of doing that now in quarantine, so right, it's not yeah. so much different. Um, hence, me needing the crest white strips that I was wearing at the beginning of this uh, <laughs> at the beginning of this interview. Um, crest, but, if you uh, want to sponsor this show, my email is yes, absolutely. Crest white strips. Brought to you by Crest White Strips. Yeah. Um, persuasion. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I absolutely love that. I, if I could, because I love role-playing games so much to begin with, mm-hmm. the idea that we get to do it seriously yeah. and committedly for that long, it's, it's too good. It's just too good. And the quality of work that's, that's being done at Critical Role, I mean, the, the, you know, it wasn't just about those of us who were on screen and those of us playing the yeah, game the yeah. way that they're doing things behind the scenes is so smooth and so well run it's it's really it's really special and it was that way honestly for for real life frontier as well i i don't know that people realize how much is going on behind the scenes to be able to create something like that that is mm-hmm. uh and have it seem seamless yeah there's a tremendous a lot a tremendous amount of work um you know the costumes and the lighting and the everything the magic air conditioning blowing on <laughs> Matt's hair that none of us noticed. Um, I don't know how we didn't notice that in the moment. And it brings it me great joy show, to see yeah. it. Great joy to see it afterwards. So did you have a, a favorite or kind of a standout moment um, from the show? I mean, the end. Well, and, and that's, that was going to be the next question. So let's just obviously. move right into that. I mean, um, I can't. Ultra spoiler uh, alert. Because we've super actually spoilers. kind of been around the spoilers a little bit, but we haven't touched them. Super spoiler yeah. alert. That, tell me, tell me, just tell me about that. About okay, the moment, so when, about. honestly, everything started to crumble inside me when I, when, when Kari's character w- was about to start the duel. Yeah. Like, it, it, that's when all of a sudden, like, my world, I was like, no, no, this can't. This can't be how this ends. We can't end this losing one of the, this is, I can't, we can't, this can't happen. It's why I was like, please, please, please. Can I, can I hit him over the head with a bottle? Can I do, what, what can I do? You know, I said, I, Anjali started becoming as desperate as I yeah. feel like Miriam was in that moment. And again, I, I owe it to like, to the beautiful storytelling and Kari, Kari making that incredibly difficult choice to say, oh my God, I have to play this this way because these are the given circumstances of my mm-hmm. character because of what happened with that penalty that he got. Yeah. And, and just the brilliance of that and the sacrifice you have to make as an actor to be like, no, I have to, I have to do it this way. I don't want to, but I, I know I have to do it this way. And, um, and so when it all came down the way it did, and also because I do think Miriam, for all you know, the 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 obvious love of the uh, of the uh, of Travis's character and wanting to protect him, uh, had developed. I think I I as Miriam had developed a closeness with Matt's character, um, because it was so clear that he was carrying something dark and I was carrying something dark, and uh, then to lose him after all of that. That that moment where I say, mm-hmm. you know, I just go into the street and weep and I say, this isn't right. Those words were just those. They just came out because it was what I was feeling. 
And the, it was the so, emotion in that moment was so raw, just from as an observer. Uh, yeah. And, and and that's just from again, that's just from being in such a beautiful, beautifully invested group of people. You know that mm-hmm. happens. Those magical moments do happen on set and they do happen on stage, but it requires it requires a certain level of everyone around you committing. And when you're doing it on stage, it requires the audience to go along for that journey with you too. And it doesn't always happen. You know, you're, you're on Broadway, you're off Broadway, you're regional, you're doing eight shows a week. Every night, the audience is not necessarily going to be with you like that. And you hope that your fellow actors are going to be, but we're all human and, and not everybody can invest. But in that one moment when we shot this, because we weren't doing takes and we weren't, doing reshoots and we weren't doing different angles. Everyone was laser focused together and everyone's energy was together. And so it really, that electricity that was there at the table, I think came from every single person in the room and feeling that through that whole final segment of the show, like that's, that's just, it's just, it's magic. We had one moment like that, one or two moments like that in real life frontier, but I have to say that this one, this, this, I, I don't think as many people obviously have seen Real Life Frontier as well. Um, but there, there are a couple of moments like that, thanks to Ivan's brilliant storytelling and people investing around me and, and, and mm-hmm. have us having this space going all the way back to what we talked about in the beginning yeah. of this, having this space in your head because you're not on your phone and you're not focused on this and you're not focused on that. And on a film set, you're not on a film set. You're not worried about the camera angle. You're not worried about this or that. You're just here. You're just here living in the moment with your character in this story, in this set of giving circumstances. It is the most transcendent way to be as a performer, to be able to be given the gift of focus is such a huge thing. I think that's why a lot of times people don't realize acting is hard partly because we have to live in our imagination mm-hmm. and there are so many things to distract us outside, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and th- you have to have a certain amount of t- technique and, and, and all of that, of course. But, um, it's very rare that you are given the perfect set of circumstances to just be and not be in your head. Yeah. And that's what the undeadwood folks created on that set. Just have all those barriers removed and just freedom yeah. in space. Yeah. And trust, you know, you have to trust the people around you to be able to have those moments. Speaking of, of trust, what was going through your mind when Brian wouldn't let you roll or, or trying to prevent that? And that's not meant to be like an no, instigation. No, 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 like no, 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 That's because he and I talked about it a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, I, did you guys, did you? you guys talk about why he said no? We did, yeah. yeah. Okay, his, did, his reasons, so did especially he, in the moment. Did he? But did he? Because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what he told you. Because I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you what he told me. So what did he tell you? If I recall, because um, it's been a little bit, it's been a while. Uh, if I recall, it was primarily from what he said to me um, that he didn't want your character to be killed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's that's what I was worried about. I wasn't sure about. Yeah, and that and that makes perfect sense. And in the moment, I didn't even think of that. Sure. I just thought he was like, no, we're going to focus on good storytelling. Quit trying to get in the way. Um, and not, not in a punitive way, but just because sure, like, yeah. he was so decisive about it. If you go back and watch that moment where he says no, you see, he looks him, a little think, panicked. Yeah. You see him think and then you see him just say no. 
and yeah. and that was it. And then we just moved on. And uh, but he was so decisive. And I know both he and Ivan are such uh, compassionate game masters. Um, Ivan, especially Ivan is always trying to kill people, but always trying to keep them alive. Like he does all these horror shows and everything, but he's, he always wants everyone to have a good time. He really wants people to succeed and survive. But sometimes your role is so bad. You just can't. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, in that moment, I don't know that, I don't know what was going through my head other than damn, uh, I think it was as simple (laughs) as that, as simple as, as, as what you saw on screen. Um, and also, you know, even as I was watching it, I was thinking, of course, of course, you know, I can't get in, I can't get in the way of this. This is great storytelling. This makes, this makes perfect sense. Um, and I'm also grateful that I asked him if I could do it rather than just saying Miriam does this. Right. Because he would have gone along with that because I said that I'm sure. And then, Mm. then we would have been in trouble. Then it really would have been good night, Miss Miriam. (laughs) What was uh, two more questions on, on mm-hmm. a dead world and then we'll let it rest. What, um, what was it like after you guys called cut after, after the game was over, what was the mood and atmosphere in the room at the table? I mean, it was, it was a combination of like this exultant and oh, oh my God, I can't believe that that just happened. I mean, like I said, I literally mm-hmm. put my head down on the table and just started banging my head against the table. Yeah. Um, because I it just, it, it was, it was so perfect and so tragic and so exactly what it should have been. And so painful all at the same time. And I just felt bad for poor Matt because I hear that this happens to him all the time when he <laughs> yeah. plays. He has a tendency to die. Yeah. That he can't. You know, that, that, and it makes me so sad. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was just. And also, despite the fact that it was an ending, it felt like a freaking cliffhanger. Right. And yeah. I'm like, well, she's, I don't, I don't want to end this as a cliffhanger. I we just, we were supposed to end this, you guys. I have to go home now. What am I going to do? Like, I felt probably the same thing that you guys felt when it was over. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? What? That? No. What? What? Um. Like, what? What? What's going to happen to Kahari in in eight days? Like, what are we? Yeah. What happens? You know? Who knows? Well, that leads that leads into my next question. Is is uh, let's talk hypotheticals. Um. Let's pretend. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not actually officially as saying we anything. do. Yeah, but let's pretend. Let's play pretend. That, that you guys are able to uh, do this again on a second chapter or whatnot. Um, would you personally, would you want to pick that up eight days later or would you rather pick the story back up further down the road? Oh, hell no. You got to pick it up eight days later. Yeah. All right, yeah I, sh- I probably 100%. shouldn't have said that. I probably shouldn't have said that because that's, I, I don't know if I, I don't know. That's opinion. They, it's all opinion. Yeah, right. it's, it's opinion super and all opinion. But like, yeah. that's too, like, that's, too sexy a story to not like that is it's too ripe for everything um yeah no i can't imagine them picking it up Uh, the only way i can imagine them picking it up far in the future is if 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 they did it again and they just couldn't get the whole cast right sure um but yeah no i would hope god i would hope that we that that that's where it would start up because i would want to know and i'd want to have those moments because that's 
you know, that's a big shift that happened at yeah. the end there, a shift in relationships. And I, I being the glutton for punishment that I am, I'm like, let's go. All right, let's dive into the darkness. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I would hope, I would hope that we would at least be able to explore what happened there a little bit. Um, and I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping we get to explore it again. I was going to say, I think I speak for all fans uh, when I say that, that we also hope <laughs> that you get to explore it as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so ripe for so many things. And obviously, you know, I, 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 I can't let go of auditions when I finish doing them. So imagine mm -hmm. when you invest this much in a character, like I can't let go of a story. Oh I'll my find gosh, myself yeah. like cooking now and I'll be like, oh my God, what if this happened to Miriam? Yeah. Even though we're not, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is happening or not. So like, yeah. I, 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 it's the same as when you fall in love with characters you create, it's very hard to let them go. Whether it's something you did for an audition, whether it's something you did for a play, something you did for this, very hard to let them go. So I yeah. have a lot of, a lot of deep loves in my heart. A lot of, a lot of characters that I have great love for that still live with me. And, and Miriam is right at the top of that list. Truly such a joy to do that. Such a joy. And she dresses really well, which I dig. <laughs> Just fantastic across the board. I mean, really great hair. The, the crew on this, the crew on this show, I, I, they weaved their exotic magic and made things happen that I don't, you know. <laughs> and let's be honest, there, there aren't a whole lot of roles for someone of my, uh, my ethnic background that, you, that allow you to be able to inhabit a character that looks like that. Sure. So, uh, so that, that's also that was also a huge uh a, a huge joyous point for me because i awesome. love period pieces i love them well it definitely definitely came through on the screen to all of us watching so so thank you from all of us who got to enjoy it oh, to absolutely. you for like you were saying at the very beginning bringing us along on that emotional journey kind of taking that on so that we could experience it as well mm, I, I it it's my honor honor it's truly truly an honor and thank you so much for coming on the show to, to talk you. about it. Yeah. Thank you so much. So glad and we finally made it happen. All, yes, and thanks to all the people who watched. I cannot believe how many of you tuned in. I'm so, I'm so blown away by the fan art, by everything. I mean, the community surrounding these things is just phenomenal. And I'm just so grateful to be allowed to be a part of it. Well, you guys know that... We've reached that point in our show where we're about to say goodbye, but if you are a supporter of the show, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, hang around because we're going to have our bonus zone of truth segment after the <laughs> outro music. Yeah. Brought to you by my very good friends at Smuggler's Coffee, uh, my third, final, and some would say favorite sponsor um, who just makes some of the most delicious coffee in the known universe. Uh, they are nerds at heart. The artwork on their bags is just gorgeous and silly and nerdy and fun. You can go check out their delicious brews, their barrel-aged coffees at store.smugglerscoffee.com. They're always doing cool things. Uh, they've got two new flavors that just came out that I'm very excited to check out. So make sure you guys check them out on social media. You support them, and we appreciate their support here on the show. And as I said, if you support the show, patreon.com slash rule for persuasion, you can enjoy our bonus segment, which uh, we were talking about before the show, and we threw out some ideas. But I remembered that you told me to watch a certain movie before... So we're going to, we're going to talk about Star so Trek. That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, I'm so excited. Now I'm super, now you guys yep, have to yep, get yep, on yep. this Patreon because like, 
this is going to be a, a hell of a conversation. It, it, I'm, I'm very excited to, to talk about it. So uh, if you're a supporter, stick around after the music, you will hear that bonus segment where, where we will chat Star Trek and some of my first exposure to it. So very excited to share that with you. Um, anything that you want to share? We already discussed your movie, The Bellman, that's coming up soon on digital release. Anything else mm-hmm. you want to share? Yes, yes, please pre-order that. Check it out. Um, if you are interested, please do go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. It's uh, Sweet Ange with three E's, uh, and you will see lots of, in addition to silly videos and fun stuff there, you'll see lots of these I Am Fun Size videos, which are, like I said, a, 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 they're very close to my heart, and and I hope that they are helping people, and I've heard that they are helping people. So um, there's actually one on loneliness that a lot of people have mentioned has been helpful to them during this particular quarantine time that we're living in. So please do check that out. And then just, you know, find me on the web. I'm super easy to find. Google me. Find me on the Twitter. I'm really accessible. Uh, Say hi. Tell me what you're into. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. I'm around. And I think I can attest to you being accessible on Twitter because that's how we connected. And so I am grateful for your your willingness to to chat and hang out and uh, talk about things that we love. Yes. So thank you so much for, for being on. And of course, we'll hang out and talk for a few minutes more. Um, to the rest of you guys, thank you for listening to the show, for supporting it with your downloads and subscribing on your favorite podcast apps of choice. If you would do me the honor, if you enjoy this show and you have access to an iPhone or an Apple device, a Mac computer, or maybe uh, you know, you've know you got a cousin who has one, you can go steal theirs. If you would go to the Apple podcast and leave us a review, that really helps us get the show out, helps more people hear about it. And uh, lets me know that you guys enjoy what is happening on the show. And if you don't enjoy that, put that in the review too. That's fine. I just love to hear what you guys have to say. You can follow us on all the social media at Roll Persuasion on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, Andrew at RollForPersuasion.com. And of course, check out the show notes for any of the links that we talked about. Uh, help, we'll put your we'll put your husband's uh, band. We'll put that in the show in the show notes too. Oh yes, Vintage Trouble. Vintage Trouble. Yeah, we will we will share that as well. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, for engaging with the show. And until next time, guys, enjoy your games. Mm